Hey everyone, before we get into the stories, I have to give a disclaimer for story number one, as it does mention some form of sexual assault. I just had to mention that before we begin. All that being said, I hope you enjoy these stories. This is one of my favorite topics, so if you have a story like this with a creepy neighbor, consider sending it in at southerncannibal.com. Without any more interruptions, let's go ahead and get started. And remember to always stay hungry. My mother was the type of person who really depended on no one. That was until she had to have both of her legs amputated. She lived on social security and she was not a rich woman. When she came home from rehabilitation, my brother and I had to find someone to help her get up and ready in the morning, and also to put her to bed. She was fine during the day with her trusted wheelchair. My brother worked weird hours with the railroad, and I lived far away, so we were of no help. Luckily, she had a neighbor who was a caregiver, and had offered her services for $15 an hour. She did this professionally, and I couldn't believe our good luck. I would call my mother daily to check up on her, and she seemed to be just fine. One morning I had called, and she was crying, and she said that the caregiver's husband had been there that morning and tried to kiss her, and that he made her lie naked for a very long time, and it was cold. I told my mother how could that be true? Who would be trying to kiss an 80-year-old amputee? I also didn't hire an unexperienced man to take care of my mother. I called the woman and she said she had an emergency and that she had to have her husband come over and help her. I told the woman what my mom had told me and she and I agreed that maybe my mother had some dementia. She said that her husband would never do that, especially to a woman in her 80s with no legs. My mother then told me that she didn't want them in her house ever again. Then the woman quit on us the next day with no warning. I think she must have known he was a pervert. Maybe she was too. I unfortunately am very ashamed to admit that I didn't do any background checks. The next time I visited, I had went to their house to pay them what we owed them. This was the first time I had met the husband. The husband would not make any eye contact with me. I left with the feeling that my mother was probably right. Well, later in the year, the next time I visited, I heard that he was in jail for molesting his wife's granddaughters who were still in diapers. I will never ever stop feeling guilty for not believing my mother. Who the hell knows what he actually did to her? Did he drug her and molest her too? Did he go through her stuff? Did he try on her clothes? I hope that perverted bastard rots in jail or the fellow prisoners hear what he did to the little girls and old women and give him a taste of his own medicine. I grew up living in rural Vermont. We had lived on a mountain road and there was a field behind our house that I often played. There were also woods on the far edge of the field and if you went through them, this would take you to another field. The entire thing was fenced in as cows were placed inside each summer. The field was owned by a local farmer. I often played with the cows and I had also followed them through their various paths in the woods. One day when I was around 12 years old, 
I was playing in the woods as normal, and I was riding on the back of one of the cows. She ambled slowly along, and I just casually rode along eating some blackberries that I had picked. She headed down a trail in the woods that I knew would bring us out of a clearing that I'd really enjoyed sitting in. When we popped out, I glanced over at the fence as it bordered the property of one of our neighbors. This man had always made me nervous. His hair was tangled into one big mass of a knot, and he smelled horrible. Unfortunately, he was outside in his yard, and he spotted me immediately. Now, he didn't own that field or the cows, so I wasn't too bothered. I just got down off the cow's back and began to poke around in the berry patch. Suddenly, I heard the twang of barbed wire fencing then being strained. I looked back, and the man was climbing over with a rifle. I quickly ran into the woods to hide, thinking he wouldn't follow me, but he did. I could hear the sounds of sticks cracking as he pursued me. I ducked under some branches to catch my breath, and I sat quietly as I could as my ears strained. He was definitely still out there, but I still had a lead on him. I knew that there was a spot a little further up where I could climb under the fence and then come out on the road. I made a break for it, and I climbed out of the pasture quickly. Once I was on the road, I stopped to look backwards, assuming I was now safe. The man stepped out of the woods, and he stood there pointing his gun right at me. I thought that I was going to die right on the spot. I then slowly walked backwards, watching him the entire time. Right in that moment, a vehicle came around the corner, and when I then turned to look at who it was as they drove by, I turned back to the man, and he was gone. I avoided that pasture for a very long time after that. I'm a 21-year-old male, and my girlfriend is 20. We rented out an apartment for a month. The area was secluded, and after dark, everyone would really just mind their own business. The neighbors would hardly even talk to each other, or even be outside in the evening. Our apartment was in a building with four floors, and each floor had a single apartment. All of the apartments were very compact and built to be rented to students. The night that we moved in, our taps ran out of water, so I had went upstairs hoping to borrow some from the people living upstairs. I had realized that two out of the four apartments were vacant, and they were also locked. The apartment on the fourth floor was lit from the inside, so I decided to ring the bell, but to my disappointment, nobody answered. Over the next week, we had gotten used to hearing the sound of someone whacking a rod or some sort of metal on maybe the floor, or some other object. This would start late at night, after 1.30am, and then continue for hours. Initially, we didn't really care about it, but after some time, it got us intrigued. The sound was clearly from one of the apartments above us, but as I already mentioned, two of the three apartments were vacant for sure, and the third one seemed vacant as well. But as I said, it was lit from the inside. I knocked on its door many times, but no one ever answered. The whacking sound was a daily occurrence, and on some very late nights, we could hear someone climbing the building stairs. 
It seemed as if we were the only ones living in this building, especially during the day and until the very late nights. We had made up theories just to try and convince ourselves that it was nothing, but the pattern of the whacking was way too irregular for it to be made by wind or something other than a person. It would start almost daily at around the same time. We had asked people around, but we didn't get any satisfactory answer. No one knew if anyone lived there. Towards the end of our stay, I saw a shady-looking man going upstairs during the day. I asked him if he was the owner of the apartments upstairs. He said that he was, also including the one on the fourth floor. I asked him if anyone lived upstairs, and also about the strange whacking sound. He told me that no one did, and that he's actually looking for tenants. He also said that he had no idea about the sound. To my surprise, he then asked me, So how long are you going to stay here? Four more days. We're actually leaving on the 30th of this month. I replied. He asked me if anyone else had rented the place for the next month, and I told him that I didn't know. The strangest part is that for the next four days, there was neither the whacking sound nor the sound of someone climbing up the stairs late at night. However, my girlfriend's internship got extended by two days, and we decided to stay there. And just as I had anticipated, the whacking sound resumed after the 30th, the day we were supposed to leave. I don't know what it was. I don't think I'll ever know. But I'm just happy that we got out of that place without any crazy consequences. It really freaked me out sometimes. And I even feel weird thinking about it. Even now. This truly frightening story occurred more than a decade ago just when I was about to head into my teenage years. My friend and I were wandering around in the neighborhood I was living in, as we always did. We had strayed several blocks from the house we were staying at, when two dogs started barking up a storm at us as we passed their house. They were pit bulls. The dogs were digging around the ground under their fence, where it was clear it had been a place they had escaped before. We could tell the dogs were about to break out, so my friend and I started running. As we saw the dogs get up under the gate and start coming at us, we went into this person's yard and we shimmied up a tree which had branches for us to get up on. The dogs are now at the base of the tree barking, which made the owner of the yard we were in come out and then shoot the dogs away. As we were still in the tree, the owner, which looked to be about 50 years old, then started telling us to get into his garage so he could keep us safe. My friend and I just looked at each other, knowing between our eyes this was danger. We proceeded to tell him that we were okay and we were going to head home. But he was at the base of the tree at this point, attempting to coax us into letting him help us down. The tone and mannerisms in the sky were truly sinister, and even as young boys, we could tell he was a predator. The man kept looking back and forth on the street, just to make sure that nobody was watching this go down. But eventually someone walking their own dog down the road came along, and I said that was my relative. We jumped down as the man backed up, and we then ran up to this person like we knew them. I always wonder what would have happened if we had actually let the man keep us safe. This happened in 2019. 
and I no longer have any contact with this person. When my husband and I lived in our first apartment together, I didn't have a job. We had just moved to a new city, and I had had some trouble finding anything. Naturally, I was at home because of this. Every day at the same time, I would walk my dog Remy. She's a seven-year-old female dog. We would always walk the same route in front of the leasing office across the street, by the basketball courts and by the tennis courts before walking the rest of the property of the apartment complex. The first encounter I had with this guy gave me tons of red flags, and I reported him to the leasing office because of his behavior. As I was walking Remy back home, the man who looks like he was in his 40s, glasses and gray hair, was walking from the basketball courts to the sidewalk. I stopped with Remy because she was going to try and jump on him if she got close enough. He noticed us, and he then asked, Is she aggressive? I replied back to him with, No, she'll just jump. I know some people don't like dogs or dogs jumping on them. He looked me up and down, staring at my chest for a second. Then he asked if he could pet her. I said sure because Remy's tail was going a million miles an hour and she was also whining to meet a new person. He started to talk to me while petting Remy. My name's Joe. I just moved across the street. What's your dog's name? I was nice to him. Enough though I had a weird feeling while talking to him. This is Remy. I'm Megan. Fake name by the way. I live next to the groundskeeper with my fiance. You'll like it here. The staff are awesome. The entire time I was talking, he was petting Remy and staring at my chest. Joe thanked me for letting him pet my dog, then turned around to leave. I was weirded out, but I brushed it off, and I just told myself that it was probably nothing. I walked Remy the rest of the way home, but I noticed that Joe had went into the entrance of his apartment building, but he was watching me walk home through the glass. I then hightailed it the rest of the walk to my apartment. It freaked me out enough that I called the leasing office and I told them that Joe was watching me walk home after meeting me and that I was generally uncomfortable with him. I also had them come fix the blinds in our dining room because I didn't want anyone looking inside our apartment. After I loaded myself into the car and drove to my mother-in-law's house, I then just stayed there until my now husband got home. Anytime I walked Remy and eventually Peach as well, who was my other dog, Joe was always somehow outside when I was. He always tried to come talk to me or pet the dogs. Luckily, whenever I would walk Peach, she would growl at him. She was and still is very protective of me. If I ever walked the dogs with my husband, he would never come talk to me. It was only if I was alone with Remy or if I was just alone. He would also start walking by the front of our apartment whenever my husband wasn't home. He would try to look through the sliding door to get a glimpse of me. My husband and I decided to move into a bigger apartment because we really needed more space for the dogs as well as ourselves. The day I got the keys for our new apartment just down the street, I had yet another experience with Joe that made me call the cops. I was walking both of the dogs around the block so that I could finish up some last minute packing. I saw Joe pull into the complex in his car. I stopped to let him go past me, but he had waved me to cross the road. When I did cross, 
he pulled around really fast with his window already rolled down. Hey, Megan, I was just wondering, are you really happy with your husband? If not, I can help you out. He looked me up and down, then gave me a wink. I acted like I didn't even hear him since I had headphones in. I just immediately went inside and locked the door behind me. I then called the leasing office and I told them what happened. I also let them know that I was going to call the cops and at least make a report because his behavior was really freaking me out and I wanted to at least have it documented. I called the non-emergency line and an officer came out. I told him what happened that day and some of the creepy behavior Joe had before. The cop asked me, do you want me to give him a warning to not talk to you? And I told him yes. I thanked the officer for his time after he took my name and my phone number down, and he then went to the leasing office to talk to the staff about the situation. About an hour after the cop left, he gave me a call. He told me that he talked with the property manager of my apartment, and he also ran Joe's license plate number. He told me his name, and he told me that the leasing office has said that he's had other complaints from other tenants on file as well. He also mentioned that he didn't get the chance to talk to him because Joe was leaving as the cop arrived at the leasing office. I thanked him again for his time, and I finished packing. I decided to go to the leasing office to talk to the property manager just to clear up anything just in case. When I got there, the manager told me that Joe had multiple reports just like the officer told me. She also told me that she was going to have our on-site officer to stop and try and talk to him and also encourage him not to talk to me or any other female residents. I thanked her, and I went home to start moving little things until my husband got home. I went almost six months without another incident with Joe. We moved to the third floor, and he didn't have any idea which apartment was us, so he wouldn't bother us. I also made it a point to have the dogs on a certain schedule, so I would never run into him when we were out. The last time Joe tried to talk to me, I just turned around and I walked away. I didn't let him get a word in. I also noticed him harassing my neighbor outside while she was grilling one day. I told the leasing office about it just in case. Well, a couple of months later, he ended up moving out because they wouldn't let him resign his lease. And that's the last I saw of Joe. I always carried a stun gun with me whenever I walked the dogs or by myself because of him. I was fully prepared to shock his ass a couple times if he ever got close enough after I called the cops on him. Thankfully though, that never had to happen.